Today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. God is in charge of the times and the seasons. And if he wants to shorten something, he can. If he wants to lengthen something, he can. If he wants to slow something down, he can. If he wants to speed it up, he can. Would anybody agree with that? God created time in the first place. So if he deems it necessary to slow it down or speed it up, who's to stop him? My question is this, does it seem to anyone in here tonight that time is flying by faster in the day and time in which we live? Does anybody feel that way? Time is flying by. I remember when I was a young boy, I could hardly wait to get out of high school and be out on my own. And my dad would say to me, son, just enjoy the time that you have right now. He said, when you get to be my age, <laughs> time goes by a lot faster. So just enjoy being 18. Don't try to rush things, okay? And uh, I wasn't convinced at that time that he was telling me the truth. But now that I'm 75, my dad told the truth. <laughs> my goodness, time is flying by. It seems like just a few days ago I turned 75, but now I'm closer to 76. In just a few months, I'll be 76. In 20 years, I'll be 96. I wonder what I'm going to look like. Will I still be handsome? Will I have grown any? <laughs> I don't know, but time is flying by. I'm in my 53rd year of ministry. And I think, where has all that time gone? Yeah. It seems like just yesterday that Brother Copeland came to Shreveport, Louisiana, 1969, the first time I ever heard him, when my life was totally changed. But that was 53 years ago. I have people ask me all the time, Brother Jerry, where, where was your last meeting? Uh, well, I was in Georgia uh, or California or I was in uh, someplace and my wife said, Jerry, that was three months ago. <laughs> well, that was a year ago. It seems to all run together. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I live by a calendar. I live by a schedule. And uh, when I get through with one meeting, I'm already thinking about the next one. And time just seems to be passing by more and more rapidly and uh, I was looking at something in a magazine not too long ago, and this statement caught my attention. Psychologists tell us that as we age, the pace of life appears to speed up. The pace of life appears to speed up. The book of Daniel tells us that only God can do this. He changeth the times and the seasons. That's Daniel 2.21. When referring to the great tribulation period, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 22, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Now he's not talking about that seven year period. 
that's already concrete, seven years. But what I'm hearing him say is God is in charge of the times and the seasons. And if he wants to shorten something, he can. If he wants to lengthen something, he can. If he wants to slow something down, he can. If he wants to speed it up, he can. Would anybody agree with that? God created time in the first place. So if he deems it necessary to slow it down or speed it up, who's to stop him? Amen. Things are speeding up. Now that doesn't mean that we no longer have to use our faith. We, we are required to live by faith. But what the Lord said to me was, tell them. It just means that it's not going to take near as long for things to come to pass as it has in the past. You missed a wonderful opportunity to say hallelujah. Amen. Now you're still going to live by faith. That's required. The just shall live by faith. But things are accelerating. Accelerating. I'm hearing that from people all over the country. I'm experiencing it in a lot of ways. Uh, it seems like to me that uh, harvest from my seed is coming to pass much more rapidly. Hallelujah. Anybody else experiencing that? Praise God. So we are in a time of divine acceleration. Now, even though Jesus describes some of the things that uh, in Matthew chapter 24, he did say this, this is the beginning of sorrows. All those uh, calamities and all that stuff that he talked about, he said it was the beginning of sorrows. And in verse six, he says, and the end is not yet. So things are definitely speeding up, but the end is not yet, but we're getting closer. Every day, we're getting a day closer. So you could say, we are currently experiencing the birth pains that are leading us up to the rapture of the church and the catching away of the saints. And I'm not sure about everybody else, but I'm going out on the first load. Anybody else going out on the first load? Praise God. Somebody said, no, I'm, I believe we're going to be around for the tribulation. Well, if you want to stick around for the tribulation, go ahead and you can have my car while I'm gone. But in seven years, I'm coming back for it. Okay. So we are certainly experiencing birth pains that are leading up to the rapture of the church and the catching away of the saints. Paul tells us in Romans 8, 22, the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain. The earth itself senses that we are getting closer and closer to the end. Can anybody agree with that? I'm just laying a foundation here, okay? Ask any woman who has experienced birth pains and she'll tell you that they always grow in frequency and intensity at the, as the delivery draws nigh. Amen. Amen. So if we are indeed experiencing birth pains just before Jesus appearing, then uh, things are going to happen more frequently. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you agree with that? Yes. Look at somebody and say, Jesus is coming soon. Is coming. Amen. Now, Daniel tells us 
in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4 that knowledge shall be increased. In the latter days, knowledge shall be increased. Can we testify that that's happening right now? Just think about how fast we can get information today. In a split second, we can get millions of facts. And most people are still complaining about it's taking too long. We're living in a fast-paced society. Everything is quick. Everything's happening quick. Amen. Once again, how quick are we getting facts today? You know, I, I, I held out for a long time with computers and iPads and iPods and all that. I'm still somewhat old school. I, I think I'm the only one on my staff who still carries a scratch pad. Is anybody else like that? I'm not alone, hallelujah. Now, I do have iPads and iPods and all that other stuff. But uh, I may not know how to use them, but I know how to believe God for everybody on my staff to have one. Amen. It appears to me that God is into speed. And that's one of the things I really like about God. <laughs> I, I love everything about him. But when I found out he's into speed, because I was into speed, and as a matter of fact, I'm still into speed. I'm redeemed from slow. Hallelujah. I remember uh, not too, well, it's been a few years ago now, but um, I, I got a Corvette Z06. And... Uh, I've been driving Corvettes most of my life. My dad was a Corvette specialist in 1953. Uh, General Motors trained my father to work on Corvettes. They were fiberglass. Not many body men knew how to work fiberglass. So he was trained to become a Corvette specialist. <clears throat> and uh, the first one he brought home was a 1953 model. I came home from school, saw that sitting in my dad's garage. I thought, what in the world is that? Dad said, that's a Corvette. I said, who makes it, Dad? He said, Chevrolet. I said, when are we getting one? Is this one ours? He said, no, I've been told to bring it home, wreck it, and rebuild it. I said, wreck it? He said, they want me to learn how to rebuild these in my sleep. And my dad actually took that 53 Corvette out and ran it into a tree. And it was fiberglass. And you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't just go pick up the fender. You picked it up in pieces. And he brought it back home. And, of course, they didn't have like they do now, where you can get a clip front end or a clip rear end. You had to, you had to fiberglass all the pieces together. And it took time. And uh, my dad put that car back together like it had never been wrecked. Well, I fell in love with Corvettes that day. And I told my dad, I said, when I get big enough, that's what I'm going to drive. Now, he worked for the Chevrolet dealership uh, when I was a young boy. Later, he moved to the Pontiac dealership. And, uh, but uh, the owner of the Chevrolet dealership, Mr. Howard Crumley, he knew how much I liked Corvettes. And every year when they came out, he would tell my dad, bring Jerry to the shop. We got a new Corvette, and it's sitting in the showroom. 
and I want him to come and take a look at it. And I remember every year I got to go to the, the showroom and sit in that new Corvette. But the one that I remember the most was the 57 model. It was black, had a silver cove, had red interior. And uh, Mr. Crumley said, Jerry sat behind the, the, the steering wheel and he got in and sat down beside me. He said, Jerry, can you see yourself driving one of these someday? I said, yes, sir, I can. I'm gonna have one just like this. I just fell in love with that 57 model. I wish Mr. Crumley was still alive because I have one exactly like it today. It's black, silver cove, red interior. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> Two four barrels, four speed, it's fast. It's fast, amen. But going back to that Z06, after I got that Z06 a few years ago, you know, it, 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 it's got a lot of horsepower. It's a six-speed manual transmission, 505 horsepower. Wow. And uh, obviously I had to try it out when I got home. And I got stopped by a policeman. And he said, son, uh, you know how fast you were driving? I said, uh, the speed limit's 60 miles an hour. He said, I know it. I said, I wasn't doing over 60. He said, that's not what I stopped you for. It's how fast you got there I'm stopping you for. <laughs> he said, you were burning rubber back there. I said, I did that on purpose, <laughs> you know. He said, well, slow it down. It's hard when you're into speed to slow it down. But I found out God's into speed. Listen to this. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 15, for behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariot like a whirlwind. A chariot like a whirlwind. A whirlwind is a, is a moving, it's a, it's a violent wind moving with great force. And Jeremiah agrees with Isaiah. Jeremiah chapter four, verse 13. Behold, he shall come as, a, as clouds and his chariots shall be as a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. God's into speed. Amen. Now, for any of those of you in here, let me see the hands of anybody that used to drag race. Either legally or illegally. <laughs> I raised my hand for both. <laughs> it was really more fun doing it illegally, okay? My dad, Renee, right here, her dad worked at the same Pontiac dealership my dad did. And you remember, the police department was just about next door. Well, my dad worked on all the policemen's cars, and dad knew them all, and they knew him. That is not a good thing when you're 16 years old. And of course, I was dragging everything that moved. I would not let an old woman in a Volkswagen beat me to the next light. When Carol and I first married, shortly after that, she had a Falcon with a six-cylinder engine. And she wanted me to go to her church in that Falcon. I said, I am not going in that Falcon. She said, why not? I said, I have a reputation. I can't be seen in that thing. <laughs> I said, if I go to church with you, we're going in my GTO. She said, no, you'll race everybody between here and the church. I said, you got that right. <laughs> Amen. 
but I, I just was into speed. My dad raced automobiles when I was growing up. I, I couldn't help it, you know? So when I found out that God's into speed, that really attracted me. Amen. So notice here, Jeremiah says, behold, he shall come up as clouds. Now for those who drag race, that's a burnout. You ever been to professional drag race? Uh, Jerry Ann went with me to the Nationals in Denver one time, several years ago. I think you were expecting Dylan, weren't you? Dylan, hold your hand up, Dylan. I'm your son, Dylan. And how, how far along were you? Six months, eight months expecting Dylan, and we went to the drag races in Colorado, Denver, Colorado. Kenny Bernstein was drag racing that day. He broke the record in a quarter of a mile going over 300 miles an hour. You, now, back when I was drag racing, we didn't, we didn't have protection on our ears. And, and you stood about from me to Terry Mize right there from the cars that were taken off on the line. And you had no protection on your ears. I blew my ears out <laughs> years ago. You know, lost uh, the ability to hear some frequencies and so forth. Just being around race cars. And so uh, in drag racing, before they actually race, they do a burnout. Now, we were there at the Nationals, and I said, Jerry, just remove, we, we, we rented some uh, protection for our ears. I said, now when he gets ready to start that burnout, just pull those away from your ears for a minute. Just a second, not very long pulled them away from our ears, and they're running right out of the, the, the manifold, straight exhaust, right out of the manifold. It's loud. Your heart pounds. And when she pulled hers out, she said, whoa, daddy, that's what I grew up around. Okay? So when Jeremiah describes God and his chariot, he said he'll come as clouds and his chariot shall be as a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. God loves doing burnouts. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may not like my sermon, but I'm really enjoying it. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, Jeremiah chapter 47 and verse 3 says, At the rushing of his chariots, and at the rumbling of his wheels. Oh, there's nothing more exhilarating than getting in an automobile that's got a lot of horsepower and hear the rumbling of the wheels and see the smoking of the tires. Is that right, Jesse? Amen. You know, you heard Jesse's story. Somebody blessed him with a Corvette a few years ago, and he pulled up to an intersection, and he's these couple of boys, I believe it was, if I'm telling it right, they motioned for him to kind of race with them, and they called him Q-Tip. Hey, Q-Tip, you want to race? <laughs> now, the same thing happened to me, Jesse. Two young boys uh, pulled up next to me at the intersection. I'm in my Z06, and I had one of my grandsons with me, and these boys were in a hot Mustang, and they pulled up next to me, 
and uh, blew their horn. So I rode my window down. They rode their window down. And uh, they said, Mr., you want to drag? I said, boys, I'd hate to see teenage boys your age cry. <laughs> and I told them, I said, you don't want none of this, boys. And they went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, you feel a need for speed. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And I repent later. <laughs> and God is faithful and just. <laughs> Hallelujah. So once again, there's nothing quite like taking off in an extremely fast vehicle and hearing the rumbling of the wheels and seeing the smoke from the tires. I got to fly in a Phantom jet in a, Royal, a New Zealand Royal Air Force jet. And the pilot said, uh, Mr. Savell, uh, not everybody I take up lasts very long. He said, what are you capable of doing? I said, sir, I've been dreaming about this all my life. I want to do everything I'm allowed to do. <laughs> he said, are you serious? I said, yes, sir. We got in that jet. Now, they put me through some training first, and then we got in that jet. And we took off down the runway and went vertical, just like this, pulling jeans. Oh, I wish I could have had somebody tile this off while I was pulling all them jeans. <laughs> I would look 20 years younger today. And man, we're pulling jeans. And then we get up a certain altitude, and he just drops it down and comes down upside down over the ocean. And then we go into simulated combat mission, just like we are in, in, in a war going through combat missions. And he looks at me and I'm doing fine. He says, you have a strong constitution. <laughs> he said, most people I take up in 10 minutes, I have to come back, take them back, and clean up the airplane. Oh. I said, no, sir. Is this all I can do? He said, you want to do more? I have a video of it. No, I'm not going to show it tonight, but I have a video of it. There was another jet flying out beside us. There's a, there's a, a video cam in the cockpit. We got it all captured on film. I brought it home and showed the staff, and they're all screaming, oh, wow, how'd you do that, Brother Jerry? I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. It was exhilarating. Why? There's something about speed. I like speed. Anybody else like speed? Well, apparently God's into speed. And I believe he's accelerating things. I believe he's ready to come get us. Amen. I can almost sense that Jesus sitting on the right hand of God and every once in a while Jesus nudges the Father and says, can I go get them now? Can I go get them now? Can I go get them now? Not just yet, but it's close. It's close. Can you say amen? amen? Now listen to this. Isaiah tells us, talking about the fast that pleases God, in Isaiah 58, verse 8, thou shalt uh, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. Speedily. 
Another uh, word for speedily is haste. And Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12 says, God speaking, I hasten my word to perform it. That means that he is capable of speeding up the process. Can you say amen? amen. Look to your neighbor and say, God is capable of speeding up the process. Jesus talking about the woman who went before the unjust judge who wouldn't uh, honor her request at first says this in Luke 18, 8, but God will avenge his own speedily, speedily. The message translation says, God will not drag his feet. And the passion translation says, God will give swift action. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them the God I serve is in the speed and he's accelerating things and give him a good shout. Praise God. Could you be limiting God? What if you're preventing God from doing bigger and greater things in your life? Today's special offer, the Don't Limit God package, contains Jerry Savelle's best-selling book, Called to Battle, Destined to Win, and his powerful two-part audio series, Don't Limit God. It's time to expand your thinking and reject small ideas. It's God's idea for you to prosper, and He is able to pour out His extraordinary abundance and provision. He loves to turn around impossible situations. In this package, Jerry teaches how to get into agreement with God, how to see from God's perspective, how to win every fight, and how to receive a miracle. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Don't Limit God special package. Refuse to think small any longer. Order now and learn how to align your life to God's plan and receive all He has for you. Thank you so very much for joining me today. And I want to encourage you to join me as often as you possibly can because we have been instructed by the Lord to help build up your faith, help encourage you, help cause you to become the winner in life that God wants you to be. We're going to continue talking about, over the next few weeks, this subject, Don't Limit God. I want to encourage you to be in faith. Don't ever stop trusting God. Don't ever stop believing God. And don't ever give up on His Word. Don't limit Him because God has big plans for your life and they do not include failure and defeat. So one of the ways that we've learned today on how that we limit God is through our small thinking, through our negative talking, and forgetting about the power of His hand, forgetting that God is capable of doing what men say is impossible. Don't ever forget that and don't ever give up on Him. Amen? So I want to encourage you, just stay in faith and God is going to see you through no matter what you're going through, victory is possible and failure and defeat is not inevitable. Amen. So let me remind you of our special offer, two CDs entitled Don't Limit God. These are very powerful. And even though we've talked about some of this information, this covers so much more and I know it'll be a blessing and an inspiration to your life. So don't forget that two CDs entitled Don't Limit God. Then my book entitled Called to Battle, Destined to Win. I wrote this a few years ago and people have enjoyed it all over the world. We are called to battle. This is not uh, something that we just, you know, tiptoe through the tulips, so to speak. We do have a fight. 
Paul said, fight the good fight of faith, but it's a battle that you can win. Called to battle, destined to win. The Don't Limit God series. So if you'd like to have this in your home, the ordering information is on your screen, or you can go to jerrysavelle.org and all that information will be repeated. Join me again next time. And until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world. 